welcome to God's Own Scale, episode two. Welcome to the God's Own Scale studios here in deepest Shropshire. Um, the rain is pouring down, unfortunately. The good weather seems to have gone. Summer seems to have moved away. And this may be tidings uh, for the days to come as we head into the autumnal months of the year. I hope you are all well. Thank you to everybody who has um, downloaded episode zero and episode one. Uh, I am truly humbled by the amount of interest that this little podcast, and that isn't a pun, has generated within the Six Mill community. It's been really fantastic. The feedback uh, has been great, and I am taking on board as much as I can and will be uh, in endeavouring to improve the quality of the recording, the sound levels, uh, just about every aspect as I go along. Uh, I am learning as I go with this technology and my interview technique and uh, my general production and uh, presentation skills. So uh, please stick with me. Uh, I've got lots more planned. This is a long-term project. I've got many other interviews lined up i've yet to have a refusal which is fantastic it's generally down to scheduling on the part of myself and the various guests as uh, real life and work and family etc generally come first before chatting about uh, the hobby so lots more to come in today's episode uh, you will be graced by the presence of Mr. Peter Riley from Wargames Collection Calculator, where we principally talk about his award-winning participation game, The Battle of the Little Bighorn, which was displayed at Salute, where it won the award for Best Participation Game, and also at The Joy of Six. And I'm sure many of you will have seen uh, photographs of the game or may indeed have uh, taken part in it yourself. So. Uh, it's a bit of a delve into Peter's creative mind uh, and how he came up with the game, how he brought it into existence and then presented it uh, to the public. But there's also one or two other bits and pieces that we chat about as well. So I really hope you enjoy that interview, uh, which will be coming up very shortly. But uh, before we move on to that, I want to just highlight a couple of th uh, three things actually to you. One is the great Wargaming survey from Wargames Soldier and Strategy. Uh, please get over to uh, that website and complete the survey. It's great work that Jasper and Guy are doing uh, for the hobby at large. By compiling these surveys year after year, I forget which year we're in now. It must be third or fourth at least, uh, maybe more than that actually. But the survey is a great window into our world of, uh, of wargaming and the hobby in general. And it's fascinating to see how responses change and differ and how uh, periods and scales and genres come and go in and out of fashion. And is it really a graying hobby or are we being rather gloomy about the future when in fact there is a, a younger generation coming behind? Uh, to take up the baton from uh, Ozol Grognard. But get yourself over to there. If you go onto the uh, WSS website or any of the social media outlets, you'll find a link there 
which takes you to, through to the SurveyMonkey website. Uh, to complete this, the survey, it literally takes five minutes. That's all, folks, five minutes of your time. And there's actually a fantastic incentive to do so because each participant of the survey is able to then uh, claim a €6.50 discount off uh, product or uh, service at, uh, at WSS or indeed uh, off a sprue from Rubicon Models, Wargames Atlantic and Syriza. Sarissa Precision. The instructions on how to claim that reward uh, are on the final page of the survey. So get yourself over there. You've got until the 31st of August. As I'm recording this now, it's the 9th of August, and uh, hopefully uh, this podcast will be up later on today. So plenty of time for you to get over and, and fill in that survey. Uh, you'll be doing a little bit of good for the, the hobby in general and receiving ample compensation for your five minutes of time. The second thing was really just a shout out to Henry Hyde. We talked about Henry in the last episode uh, with Pear, uh, and I'm sure everybody knows Henry from his days as Battle Game Editor or Miniature War Games Editor, and he's now got his own uh, site uh, from which he produces various uh, bits of content, whether that be blogs or videos or podcasts, in fact. He's got a Patreon site uh, through which all of uh, this content is released. And I heartily recommend you get over there and throw a couple of shekels uh, Henry's way. I'm not sponsored by Henry or indeed WSS to uh, promote either of these uh, two wonderful producers of content. But Henry uh, recently released a podcast episode with a Q&A uh, where he'd invited questions from his listeners and he, he answered each one in turn. I think there was 10 or 11 questions in the course of a three-hour podcast. It was a real marathon podcast effort from Henry, um, but it kept me going during a long drive home from holiday from uh, southern Germany. So uh, get over there and support Henry. Uh, you won't be disappointed. And the final thing was to mention that The Other Partisan is just around the corner. Uh, eight days away, I believe, uh, as I speak. Uh, it's at the Newark County Showground in Newark, uh, the usual spot for The Partisan and Hammerhead shows. There's a long list of traders there, lots of demo games, lots of participation games. I'll be there. Um, six mil content producers will be there. Backers are there in person, as are Adler and Levin Miniatures. And there's probably one or two others that I haven't, I've failed to mention and not seen on the on the invite list. But um, that should be a good day as ever. And I look forward to seeing any of you there. I may try and format a badge or something similar to uh, identify myself as being from God's Own Scale podcast. Uh, and if anybody wishes to stop me and uh, offer advice, encouragement, um, feedback regarding the podcast or what you might like to hear of future episodes, please stop me and uh, have a word with me. That would be absolutely great. Okay, that's enough of me wittering on, and we shall pass you over to uh, the interview with Peter. I shall be back on the other side to close out the show. Thank you very much. Madame Mademoiselle from Armageddon, Hallelujah. 
Mademoiselle from Armandville say to you, sing it with all your heart and soul and see everyone ride up the pole. Mademoiselle from Armandville. Welcome to the podcast then, Mr. Peter Riley. <laughs> thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Not at all. This uh, this is born out of, as we've just been pre-rambling about, um, a failed recording, unfortunately, of the Joe Six, uh, where there was lots of podcast gold discussed, but is unfortunately now lost uh, into the mists of time. So no pressure on you, mate. Okay. You need to speak to that standard. <laughs> <laughs> um, from what I can see and the little bit of research I've done, uh, you, you pretty well known in, in uh, the six mil world with your connection with polymos mm. um with your civil war rules franco-prussian yep. war did you do some risorgimento yeah i did um for the frank i did the austrian war uh the franco uh, the prussian austrian war as a supplement and also done the risorgimento as well i've written a big source book for the american civil war set but again that's sort of not been published so that was like a follow-up with lots of scenarios lots of different armies from each period that weren't covered in the original rules and lots of more about commanders and, and the effects on the game so we'll probably see those soon as well i hope so i hope so uh peter then just to just to kick the podcast off there yeah. or the, this interview off just give us a little bit about who you are and how you got into gaming and specifically six mil which is what this podcast is all about and uh, and rules writing mm. well well it's been years i mean i think i started war gaming proper you know uh, back when i was 14 so when would that be 1972 uh, 74 probably yeah god been around a long time and um i joined the south london warlords who were our local club uh, basically when I was about 14 you weren't allowed to join until you were 16 back in the day but they they liked me and our friends so we kept coming as visitors until we were 16 and then we had to pay subs and join properly and during that period we tried lots of different sets of rules and you know I've got a mountain of rules in my loft if my wife ever found out that I've got that many she'd go mad <laughs> but we tried you know, the sort of 20 mil, the 25 mil American Civil War ancients and all of those kind of things. And then what got us into really into six mil was the ancient games that we used to play with War Games Research Group rules back in the day. Um, and we did those in, yeah, we did those in six mil. Basically, uh, Heroic and Ross figures, which I think look really bad when you buy them. <laughs> But when you paint them, they they do have a lot of detail. It's just difficult to find. Yes, so, it's difficult to see on first glance. Yeah, yeah. It? But once you've undercoated and you've put a, a few washes on, you, you start to pick them up. I think they're really nice. Yeah. Um, and those those were our primary source back in the day. But then really started to get into American Civil War on a large scale with um, Fire and Fury. Um, and again, in five yeah. mil, you know, recreating Gettysburg and doing all of those things with, you know, six mil figures looked great. That was where it really all started. And since then, I can't, I don't think, I think I've got a 10 mil ancient army and I've got a 15 mil ancient army to just muck around with. But I, I haven't really wandered too far from the scale. And then children turned up and it was a bit of a hiatus. And then sort of Peter... I think was casting around the internet looking for somebody to write a, a set for his Palamos and sort of I volunteered 
to do the American Civil War ones. And he said, oh, I've got some people from America to do that. And would you mind doing the, the Prussian, you know, Prussian War ones? And I said, yeah, great. Or Franco-Prussian. And I said, yeah, I'll do those instead. So, yeah. And since then, I did the American Civil War ones because he was let down. And, you know, that's that's how it's, uh, it's been going. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed the whole process of six mil as a scale really because you get you get the you get the grandeur of a battle don't you it's not just one brigade or one division it's corps and armies so so that's really how it all started for me what edition of wrg would it have oh, been you? do you know what it was the one with a three with a drawing of uh, a gaul a roman and a pikeman i think was it was uh, it fifth mate third was it that might have been I don't know. Might have been earlier. Yeah, it was nine. It was about nineteen seventy-eight. So yeah, a long time ago. Probably the original set. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. crikey, that's going back a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. <laughs> it's difficult to remember just what uh, what a hold WRG had on yeah. the hobby back then, isn't it? Yeah, I remember being really disappointed with the when they did the new set. Because you just, it was just so much more difficult. And I thought uh, maybe a process of being used to the old set and the new set didn't seem to play so well. You know, certain troop types seemed to become super strong and, you know, yeah. forever fighting Roman armies. But there you go. Well, it's, not, it's nothing new, is it, that um, rule sets change and then uh, players of the original set get disappointed with uh, how the new set is, is produced. I mean, that's been going on. Since uh, since WRG have been releasing rules, yes, and when DBM came out, that was a huge change, wasn't it, from the old style? But so uh, you've got quite a background then in 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 rules, right? Yeah, yeah. Through you know through the various sort of um, iterations of rules, we we used to play at you know at South London Warlords. Again, we had a little group of about five or six of us that would just sit in the corner, and everybody would have their big rules and big armies, and we'd sit there with our six millimeter getting getting frowned at <laughs> yeah, that's not real that's game. all right we'll come to salute with you not with those you won't <laughs> fair enough and then for some for some unknown reason we used to have peter hoffshrow was our club you know the guy who does the waterloo books and they kind of ejected him from the club for some reason and we yeah. kind of thought oh well do we really want to be associated with a club that just ejects members just like that yeah. so we about six of us all went off and did our own wargaming for years and years. We created our own club um, and we decided to do that at my mum's old people's club who kindly let us have a part of their room where we kept all our boards and terrain and soldiers. So we did that for about 14 years. And are you still a member of that now? Or? No, um, I keep thinking about going back, but then I moved out to Twickenham and, you know, Dulwich is a long way away. It's about an hour and a half, about an hour and a half drive to get there. So, right. you know. Well, I can get to the sea from where I am in an hour and a half, but I guess you can get about two miles, can you? That's it, it's two miles, yeah. That, it's, no, it's about, it just goes around the South Circular and it just takes forever, so it, it's it's not viable. So, you know, I retreat I retreat to my bedroom in the corner with my table and, and that's where I work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's where six mil comes in handy, yeah. isn't it? That uh, as you, said, you don't need huge spaces. No. Uh, well, I like the fashion for, you know, standard side bases. And that, that was introduced to me with Peter at Bacchus with a 60 by 30 base, which means you yeah. can you can make that within a set of rules mean anything. It can be a brigade. It can be a company, you know. And so, you know, with the with the colonial rules, 
it's the same base size, but it's company scale. So you can still play a big battle, but it's a couple of battalions still. But you get the feeling that the battalions are being used correctly. You know, you don't get the, you know, they can do everything all the time when they want to feel of a game. So I think that's that's right, isn't it? That um, it does at the end of the day, and I'm not sure if Peter said this actually at the Joy of Six, whatever base size you use, they're essentially counters, aren't they? And you can say that's a platoon, a company, um, a, a brigade or whatever, um, and scale the game up or down. And there is that aesthetic look of the 60 by 30 mil bases that just appeals, I think. It, it just looks really good. You get a, a good number of figures on the base to look what uh, like whatever formation you mm. want to. Um, and it's so easy then to move the figures yeah. around the table. And it, it gives that whole aesthetic look, which uh, is appealing. Uh, for us as war gamers so uh, is acw your principal period of interest would you say i would say over the years that is something that just i just love it i just really enjoy american civil war games you know i love the fact that you know i it's i'm a, I'm a union man myself but i do like the confederates and i know that's wrong <laughs> for all sorts of reasons but you know you you have that kind of industrial machine versus the you know, the elan of the Confederates. I, I just think that just goes, for me, that goes beyond. And then it, and then in the middle of the war, the Confederates can't do it anymore and they start digging in and you get that kind of trench warfare and siege warfare going. And I think it, it's it's really interesting for me. It's that lost cause thing, I think, isn't it, with, with the South? I'm a, I'm a huge enthusiast of uh, the American Civil War as well. And I, I think in... in in the modern day politically correct world, it might be frowned upon to say that you enjoy playing the, the South, but you have to keep politics out of it, don't you? It's, it's not political. No, and you've got Jackson's foot cavalry, haven't you, up rolling themselves up and down the Shenandoah Valley. It, it doesn't, yeah. for me, yeah. it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> no, and, and also with Bedford Forest, I know that subsequently um, he perhaps went a little bit off the rails and. Uh, politically was uh, askew after the war but just there's that for me it's almost the uh the gone with the wind sort of attitude to the south you know with the plumes and the hats and the dashing cavalry officer um and and that last cause lost cause aspect so uh, but i do agree with the the lost cause thing sean sorry to interrupt but that i you know i'm a parliamentarian basically but i love the royalists you can probably track where we're going with all this, can't you? You know. Yeah, I've, I've played the Polymos mm. rules myself. Actually, um, God, it was years ago now. I can't. Think. When when did mm. they come out? Um, I think I wrote my set around. What was it? Came out 2015, 2016, maybe. So right. not not that long ago, but sort of long enough ago. I like the Polymos rules because they kind of they don't you're not guaranteed to go first all the time every time and you know it takes time you've got to think about it and a, but a lot of gamers don't like that i think which i think they just yeah. want to do I don't, I don't know what they want to do it's almost like they don't want to write orders but they don't want to play i go you go you know they not they want a game that they complete within two or three hours and you know there's lots of competing yeah. things out there which is why i think we're seeing a, a big go back to these kind of type skirmish games you know, like Saga yes. and the Warhammer Age of Sigmar, is it or whatever it is? It's all, it's all sort yeah. of five or ten figures, maybe thirty figures, and and an hour's game. 
so so you've 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 had a good grounding then in uh, in historical wargaming for some considerable yeah. time. Uh, a big fan of the six. <laughs> but uh, we won't we won't touch on age yeah. we'll, we'll push that to one side because it's a number and uh, it, it, it's well I, I feel exactly the same i've got a big birthday coming up next year uh and it is it is purely a number it's what yeah, you feel inside exactly. that's my attitude <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll leave it there um but uh, what what i did want to speak to you about peter and it's uh it probably will be the title of the uh this episode is uh, the Little Big Horn game, which uh, has drawn quite a lot of attention uh, over the last few months. I know that uh, showed the progress on Twitter, on the Wargames uh, Collection Calculator Twitter feed, and I followed that um, avidly. And then it was taken down to Salute, where it did rather well, which we'll talk about shortly. But just tell me the inspiration then behind uh, the game that you put on the Little Big Horn. Well, we were sort of, as you know, sitting in the pub one Friday evening, just having a chat. What, you know, what do you want to do? And I just said, I, you know, yeah. I've always loved the Battle of the Little Bighorn. And when I was a kid, I had the, you know, the Bighorn game with all the plastic soldiers on it. And I've watched all the films a number of times. And right. I love, you know, John Wayne Cavalry films and the Plains War and all that um, stuff that kind of gives you yeah. the flavour of it all. And I just said, I'd love, love to recreate it. Um, and that was shortly before the Joy of Six, not the last one, the one before. And we went there and we spoke about it some more. And I just thought, well, why don't we, why don't we give it a go? It's a giant battlefield. We can't play the whole thing. We're going to have to play it in distinct parts. And I just thought, actually, we could probably do this. But we won't be able to, you know, we won't be able to buy a set of rules for it. We won't won't really be able to be measuring and distances and ranges and stuff like that. So we've got to think of a different way to do it. And we there were so many things that we couldn't do. <laughs> we ended up sort of sitting there and planning it and saying, right, what what we can't do has really forced us to to work on what's left. That this is what we can do. So <laughs> you've got to look what's left and think oh, there's, there's not, not an awful now. lot we can do, but we've got to do it this way. <clears throat> and that kind of led us down to using the hexagon bases. We use the company scale because that custom really doesn't have a lot of troops. So at company level, that gives us 12 bases if, you know, and if we add in the Gatling guns, that'll give us a bit more flavor. And so we decided yeah. that we're not going to measure. Everything's going to be done on a hex driven um, measurement scale so ranges was two for long one for short uh, movement was in hexes um, soldiers you know we cut out a lot of the normal the normal stuff you would get in a set of rules that gives you a table 20 modifiers long because it, it, it that that was right. all fluff we wanted to play the game and we we set ourselves a target yeah. of saying 45 minutes maximum on any given board and that's that's how we design the rules to play, you know. So, lot you know, a few modifiers, <clears throat> lots of information in the tables, not a huge amount of special rules. I think there was half a dozen of those, and it, we started to say, right, okay, so we've got we've got the rules, and now we've got to paint the soldiers, and I can't do that on my own. So, yeah, we got my <laughs> wife, my next door neighbour Simon and his wife Tam. Uh, we got uh, Dave. Um, who'd, who'd really only picked up a few soldiers before. Um, we got a friend called Andreas yeah. who works in uh, 
uh, insurance. So we got him involved with his girlfriend. Uh, and a bloke who works in an insurance company called Neil, he came round, and a guy called Clive. So I had sort of about eight people who had never touched a soldier, never painted a base, never flocked or done anything like that, or or indeed played a set of rules. So the challenge was actually quite good because we said if we're going to take this to a club and we're going to, you know, they're going to be young people coming up, they're not going to be used to it. There's going to be people trying to play it from the start. You guys are actually absolutely perfect for play testing. Because you'll make me explain yeah. what the rules are doing. You'll make me explain why it's two, you know, two hundred yards range. You're going to make me why can they move that? Why can I get this? And and it worked really well because they started from absolutely no knowledge of wargaming whatsoever. No preconceptions. No comparing it to other rules. Why didn't you do this? And and you know, and so we had lots of backwards and forwards in it, and we ended up with I think is a fantastic set of rules for a participation game when you want a high turnover of people coming through um and also we made it simple enough so that kids could come along and enjoy it from the get-go sit down there you can move those i'll do the adding up and that and you can play the game and and that really worked well for us at salute that's really where the inspiration came from and and you know even with the painting i would i painted one base of indians one base of cavalry one base of artillery and a, a commander and said, right, they're your models. Go and do that. And they each, they all painted ah, to that. So you, you'd set the example. It's almost, then it's almost like painting my numbers. Exactly. So you paint the blue trousers, you paint the blue jackets, you do the hats. And once we've done the hats, Simon, you go and paint some of those hats a different color. And Tam, you go and paint some hats a different color, you know, so that you get that, you know, that kind of civilian dress that, that Custer's yeah. command really had, you know, they weren't all John Wayne with yes. blue shirts and yellow, yellow neckerchiefs. neckerchiefs. Yeah. And so, well, I, I don't think I've ever heard of that before, Peter, where um, you, somebody has been able to draw in uh, a group, uh, such a large group of people who've no connection with the hobby whatsoever. And then basically teach them to paint and then, to run the game as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Simon and Tam were running them. Uh, my wife, my daughter was at Joy of Six. She was running it. She'd never picked up. She knew I wore game, but she'd never picked up a, a war gaming kit before. Um, and so Goodness. I think one of the things that is a challenge in it, I mean, I don't know what you think, Sean, but I look ahead and I think I'm I'm coming up to 60. And who's, you know, and whilst we're all sort of 40 to 60, where are the where are the thirties and twenty year olds coming through? Yes. And and whilst we're having a bit yeah. of a golden age of wargaming, my concern is that there's not enough young people coming through the bottom. So it's important for us to get young people involved on the days that we were gaming. Mm. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's a, it's a we we joke, don't we, that the we are a greying hobby. Um and Yes, we are in a gold, a real golden age where just about anything that you wish to game, you're able to game in whatever scale you choose uh, with dozens of rule sets to choose from or write your own. Um, we've, we've never had it so good, but it's almost we've got this legacy now to hand over and, and who's, who's behind us waiting for it to, to pick up the, the reins and, and carry it on because... Um, my, my biggest fear is, as we've discussed previously, that 
the hobby will fall into this three by three skirmish these three by three skirmish games with 20 figures um and and manufacturers will fall out of business that because they aren't selling the hundreds of figures to recreate the waterloos or borodinos or whatever um and certainly at, it, at my club it, it's a similar um picture where the oldest member i think is in his 70s and the youngest gamer from the historical perspective is probably early 40s late 30s at, at the at the youngest and the rest of them are playing the um the 40ks and the, the fancy games. but uh, i think it said in the war games um survey the the great war games survey that wss are putting out that the the conversion age yeah. is 42 yeah i'm sure that came from somewhere. <laughs> but uh i mean I, i've been a lifelong historical gamer but for the, those people who are mm. fancy gamers to then suddenly take up mm. the historical button the the sweet spot is 42 if yeah. you haven't caught them by then <laughs> we're then. in trouble <laughs> we're, we're in trouble <laughs> I know that you had a, a great uptake of uh, yeah, really. We were really pleased uh, um, because I think one of the things was we we at salute we kind of said to some of the dads, if you want to leave them here, we'll you know we'll play with them half now. You want to go off and do a bit of stuff, absolutely fine. And I think that helped because a lot yeah. of dads were coming with their kids and then sort of drifting off and doing a bit of shopping and then coming back a bit later. Um, but. Yeah, I think it's important that you make these games accessible accessible, and they have to be, when people are young, they're quite quick on the pickup, aren't they? And they're quite smart. And, yes. you know, if you make it too simple, yeah. then it lacks attention. But if you give it enough to give the shape of the game and make it reasonably simple, but with a bit of work to do, I think that really works. I don't think we often give uh, the younger generation credit for what they can deal with. Um... I think you're right that you, it doesn't need to be ultra simplistic because the, their attention will wander. But if you've got something that will grip them, which clearly your game did, then they're going to keep coming back for more. And I know you've had yeah. you had repeat customers. Yeah, Max, <laughs> Max came and I think Per's son, Max came and sat with us most of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just wanting to play different bits and join in with other people. He was really good. And he was almost selling the game on our behalf. <laughs> I said, don't sell too hard. It's free. <laughs> isn't that a point that you had people coming up and say how much yeah yeah how much are these set of rules gonna buy them no there's a free set just on that there take them please and and they're available for download as well i put them up on free war game rules um there's a there's a link to our site and you can download the whole pack so uh, and i've just we've, we're just getting designed um i've written a uh, the Battle of Rosebud, which happened before the Little Bighorn, um, and if he'd won, if, yeah. if Cook had won that, he'd have he'd have come and met with um, Custer. So losing, you know, not winning the the Battle of Rosebud cost Custer dear. So that that will be going up soon as well. So you can play. It's the same rules, just a few tables have changed to incorporate infantry. So just talk me through then, Peter, because um, it's quite a unique setup, isn't it? You haven't got just one table. Um, you've split it up. Yeah, it's, in, it's it four tables. Oh, it's three and a half. <laughs> there's, um, yeah, there's the um, uh, Reno's battle, which <clears throat> where he takes his three companies through the valley in a diversionary attack against uh, the Indians, which unfortunately fails. Um, there's 
uh, Benteen's Battle, which happens uh, at roughly the same time, uh, where he comes onto the board and he's trying to reach Custer's Battle. Um, and Custer's Battle is really him and Crazy Horse and all the Indians that uh, fell asleep from a rough night um, and didn't go out hunting. So that's why he ran into so many warriors. Um, and there's the sort of the it, the edge of the Indian village where if Custer can get to, he can hold the hostages and win the battle. Um, and that's only happened once out of the many, many games we've had. Um, a young lad called James came and played and he, he really, really did, did get through. So, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 almost like a mini campaign. I think you could describe it. So if you win your battle, you can send troops to another part, the other t- you know, another part of the battle to help out. I was most disappointed. Um, I just ran out of time to come and play on on at the Joy of Six, um, and at Salute, uh, I wasn't too far from where you were actually, but I was committed demonstrating a, another game. So uh, I missed it both times. But you are at Warfare, aren't you? Yeah, Warfare 2019. We're doing both days at Reading. Excellent. Well, I'm going to be down there, and I'm going to be the first in the queue. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you. Yeah, <laughs> and my, with my with my now hardened veterans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now they've now they've been through two shows. They can run it on their own now. Yeah, uh, right. that that frees the reins for you then to go do some more shopping. I guess Ex- exactly more shopping than more talking. Absolutely. So um, the figures that you're using for the uh, the game, Peter, where are they from? Um, the cavalry are co- the Confederate cavalry from Bacchus, six mil. Yep. Um, they were perfect for the job. Um, couldn't argue with that. Um, and luckily, knowing Peter, when I got the Gatling guns, I said to him, I'm not interested in the British crew. Can you send me some artillerymen, you know, ACW artillerymen? And he quite you know he gave me all of that i needed the planes war were a bit difficult now no peter's going to do a planes war indian range and cavalry range but he said they're going to be more like the john waynes so that'll be that'll be really interesting um but the reg the indians are all irregular miniatures um yeah and again when we got them we were going oh yeah, we're never going to be able to paint these just can't recognize what they are because they're good because mm. they have indians down on the sides of horses and you know some with their feathers and some with their head things but mm. they painted up absolutely brilliantly they looked yeah. really great and we used some of peter's awi indians oh yes yeah. for the infantry so we had a mixture of his troops and uh the irregular miniatures range as well yeah I, I agree with you on the on the irregular miniatures i've been painting up some uh, crimean war uh, figures uh from uh, from irregular but um i think in the like you said with heroics and in, in the bare flesh um it's it's difficult to see what what is what but i think once you get into the painting of them they paint up absolutely lovely don't they and, and they fight just as well don't they yeah exactly and the but the really really good thing was i was reading one of Per's uh comments on using a rose oh god uh, a, a, a kind of brown ink oh right yeah so when he finishes his troops he washes them over with this brown is it nut brown or something like nut that? Nut brown, that's nut it. Brown. Nut brown ink from, from Windsor Will- and Newton, isn't Windsor it? Windsor and Newtons, yeah. And it really does work. Yeah. Oh, so it, does. it yeah. picks up detail like no tomorrow. 
It's it's talent in a in a little pot, isn't it? Yeah, and it makes me look like I can paint. That's that's the trick of it. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen the pictures as as I mentioned earlier. You sort of blogged the progress, didn't you, of the, of the painting on the um, on your Twitter feed, which I encourage anybody to go back and have a look at um, because you took. And I think it's on your website as well, isn't it? Um, how you you go through the whole process of collecting the figures and painting them, and doing the scenery and and sorting out the rules. So it's it's all there to see. I mean, it, it looks tremendous. Did it live up to the expectation that you'd first set out with when you were sat in that pub on the Friday night? Did do you think you achieved everything that you you hoped to achieve with it? Yeah, I think I think I did. I think the I I think the the, the main thing was forty five minute games really easy to understand quite complicated to get your advantages um playing it like playing it like a massive you know i didn't want it to be too linear i wanted people to be moving around everywhere and trying to outflank and trying to come into the rear and it worked really well and some of the special rules we did with melee and the counting coup because you know some of the indians just wouldn't follow orders and they wouldn't go where they were told because they just wanted to get the honor of scalping someone yeah. so there's a rule in there for that and 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 it worked it's worked really well I, I i am quite pleased with it i must say quite proud of it as well yeah i've downloaded I've, I've downloaded the rules and uh, had a, a little read through them but um I'm, uh, I'm lacking any hex terrain, so uh, <laughs> I need to uh, have a look at that. And my plan would be actually with Peter uh, announcing the Pony Wars range that is coming. I think he said the second half of this year, which yeah. we are now well into. So, uh, if Peter, if you're listening, you need to uh, uh, give us at least a teaser for what's coming yeah. there. Stop doing that uh, Second World War stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's the real. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. He said it's going to be sort of a Hollywood feel, but that was, yeah, six yeah. mil. I think. Uh, I think that's absolutely fine. But yeah, uh, it's certainly something I want to try and uh, uh, develop uh, for my club uh, and take down. So uh, mm. when that happens, I shall let you know about it. Thank because, you. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it, no, it's uh, the little big horn. I think is one of those th- the Custer's last stand. That sort of. Um, there's all, almost a glamour around it, isn't yeah. there, the, with the films that you'd see. And we all all grow up watching the old, well, mm. our generation grew up watching the, yeah. the old westerns on the Saturday afternoon and the Errol Flynn type yeah. um, depictions of, of, of what went on in the old west. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I was so pleased to see that you, you'd managed to pull this game together because, again, because I'm, Amer- I've got, I'm a big fan of the American Civil mm. War, that naturally moves forward into the 1870s and the mm. 1880s with uh, 7th Cavalry. So yeah. uh, a, a hearty congratulations. Thank you. And a hearty congratulations because um, it did rather well at Salute, didn't it? Yeah, we won the best presentation game. Um, we were in the middle of a game and the guys came over and said, we need to talk to you about something. And I thought I'd done something wrong. I thought, well, we've got too many banners up. <laughs> we've got too much stuff given away for nothing. And he just said, you know, your table's been super busy. You've had loads of young kids around. You've had families and, you know, uh, ladies, which are unusual, apparently, at Salute. And, uh, you know, he just he was just gobsmacked that I'd done that. My first attempt at working on a participation game. Yeah. And, you know, and at Salute, who wins the best participation game at Salute with a six millimetre game? 
Ooh, I can't <laughs> think it's ever been done before, has it? Peter? Well, well, you know, that's nice. <laughs> if it hasn't been done before, it's good. Because I thought um, there was a, a couple of games there, the two, the two Fat Lard, the, the Lardies. Yeah, yeah. Two they had lardies. their game, didn't they? And then there was the... Yeah, yeah, and then there was a one Normandy one, which looked fantastic as well. So I was quite quite chuffed with our win. I, I think you should be, uh, to be honest, Peter, because joking aside, that you're right, that the two Fat Lardies uh, guys put on an incredible spectacle with the, mm. the games they put on. I think it was Malaya this year. Yeah. Salute is full of large games, both participation mm. and demo, that... Um, are eye-catching and spectacular in their own way. I think there was a Flash Gordon game using Lego. There was, mm. uh, there was dozens of games, wasn't there? I mean, it's the mm. biggest one-day show in the country. Yeah. And for you to put together uh, a game following um, a, a discussion in a pub mm. on a Friday night <laughs> uh, several months later, yeah. uh, produce the game. And it, I don't think it's just the game. It's all the bits around it that you mm. produced. I mean, the um, rules booklet. Yeah. It, I don't know if that's your profession, Peter, but it looks like a professionally produced document. Yeah, and I think it was quite important to me that we use. I mean, we can use. You know, I'm a. I suppose I'm a sales and marketing man, and a couple of the people I know are designers. And you know, one of the things I felt was important that you know, when you go to a, when you go to a show, the two things you need to know are what is this game. So we we built the two banners saying this is clearly what it is, yeah. and you need the rules, the background briefing, and the charts, and and that's what we did. So it wasn't a huge effort. It was just it was just well thought through in the fact that we need to tell people we're here. Otherwise, you yeah. know, you turn up to some games and they're playing, and you kind of look at it and they don't look up at you, and you think, oh, I don't know what that is, and then you kind of move on, which is a shame, you know. I think it, it is. It, I find it quite, quite annoying to be honest, yeah. Peter. I think yeah. as I'm getting, uh, turning into a grumpy old man, uh, I do yeah. find it slightly annoying that uh, it's almost been used as an opportunity for them to play their game that they couldn't play it now, yeah. uh, and the, the customer, the the punters are getting in the way of that. Mm. So, uh, yeah. yeah, for for you to be that, have that inclusion, mm. and you 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 mentioned it just yourself. Not only the kids, but also ladies. Yeah. Uh, who often are, are perceived as being dragged along unwittingly to these shows. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's an accurate picture always at no. all. You know, a lot of them will want to be yeah. there and have a look at the figures and stuff uh, and the games. And for them to get involved and play your game, mm. well, that's just, just brilliant. Mm. So uh, absolute hats off to you, Peter. I'm, mm. uh, I'm really impressed. You should be truly proud of Thank that. You. I'm sure Peter Berry was uh, happy as well. <laughs> Six mil finally mm. uh, on the spotlight as a show like Salute. Yeah, because you don't often see it, do you? I don't. I don't. Uh, no. The number it, of shows that have eye-catching six mil games. Yeah, are few and far between. Yeah, think. which is why Joy of Six is is. Uh, yeah, I, I felt. I mean, I thought the the games were brilliant there this year. I thought Purs was great. I thought Dan's looked spectacular next to ours. You know, with his Star Wars yeah, stuff. The yeah, um, yeah, I think probably. we, I think we just outdid him for, for play for games, <laughs> but he's <Yes>. looked brilliant. <laughs> um, and you know, I just think the effort that goes into it is, and and they are all different, aren't they? Some are giant, 
some are small some are very clever i remember last year the um one of the guys did the uh the battle in manchester the center of manchester which looked really good english civil war game looked fantastic and i thought the range of games was good and i thought the traders were all all good as well yeah have you have you put demo games on before or participation games before? no never i've I, I nearly took part in one years ago but i you know i went on holiday instead <laughs> but um i i've I suppose in a way, I'm, when I was younger, I was a bit shy and I didn't know how to stand up in front of people and do this stuff. Now I'm a bit older yeah. and wiser and I've had a career out of it. I'm quite happy to stand up and talk to people about stuff. So it's, yeah. you know, it's just age and experience, I think, and confidence. Sometimes some of the war gamers are very knowledgeable people and I used to get a bit scared by that <laughs> back in the day. Yes. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want any difficult questions about the button color on C Company. Do you? That, well, that's exactly the, when we were when we were in a salute. A guy came up, an American guy, and said, "Oh, he said this looks great." He said, "There's just one big thing wrong," and my heart dropped. And he went, "The grass is too green." Uh, oh yeah, because <laughs> it's the middle of the summer, isn't it? <laughs> But that was really the only criticism we had. <laughs> well, if if that's all the criticism yeah. you got, mate, then yeah. I'd consider that a win. I'd consider that a win. Um, we were just talking before we started recording that um, I've had a glance at the War Games Collection calculator um, Twitter feed, and there's a new post up there with something very colourful and bright for something that might be coming in the future. Yeah, we've um, I've decided that with the participation game rules they are they're they're very easy to convert if you base it on a battle by battle so a lot of rules will say here's you know like american civil war rule, rule american civil war troops they're all the same for that year and they performed like that for the whole time it wasn't like that i mean jackson wasn't jackson at chancellorsville um and his troops didn't perform very well so yeah if you if you take a very simple process and create a set of rules for a battle you can actually model it quite closely to the troops as they performed on the day and the leaders as they performed on the day or the right. few days so you can actually put in some special rules that flavor the battle really nicely so what we've done is we've sort right okay then um Bunk Hill, another one of my battles from when I was a kid, you know, British troops going up that hill three times and coming back and reorganising and going up the third time. You know, that's, that's a huge effort for not a very good army. Everybody thinks it was brilliant, the British army at the time. It was a third full of Americans. And, you know, it wasn't, they weren't that great. And the Americans weren't, you know, those kind of, the rabble that they're purported to be. They were very expert militia troops who just didn't have the command and the ordnance supply that they should have had. So you can flavor that in the rules. So what we've decided, what I've decided or we've decided is we're going to do a series of rules for battles. Hot off the press, we're doing Cropperty Bridge as well, which is another three board game. So we're going to do that. Um, 1644, English Civil War. Yeah, Cropperty Bridge is an interesting one that's renownedly difficult to recreate on the tabletop mm. as as one ta a one table game yeah yeah so you're going to split that into more than one table yeah we're going to do that in probably three sections and do it as a campaign uh, like another mini campaign yeah. 
Um, and it was they were very even armies. They were very even uh, numbers. F- Five thousand carry cavalry aside and four thousand infantry. So we're going to try and do that. Um, but that's just entering design. Where Bunker Hill is in, it's going into play testing. So, but behind that, what I'm going to do is going to create uh, building the the rules to build these games. Yeah, so like a series of guidelines that will help you create a set of rules for a battle. So if you follow the process and you follow the rules, at the end of it, you should have a playable set of rules, which you'll still have to play test, obviously, but you can start creating your own designer battles. Because one of the things I always missed was being able to, to create my own rules for a battle I wanted to play in an evening. You know, yes. um, there'll be slight. It will hopefully be slightly more involved than a participation game set of rules. But if people yeah. want to play an hours game and the two of them in an evening, they can do that. But also, it will help if you want to make it a little bit, a little bit more focused on a bit more design. You can do that as well. So there'll be the 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 tools to build the rules. I've got a marketing slogan there, haven't I? <laughs> You <laughs> the tools to build the rules, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you better write that one down. Yeah, quick quickly before it will go. I'll have to listen to this again. Yeah, yeah, yeah God help. <laughs> um so is that something that uh, you'll be publishing and, and releasing yourself or putting out through a website? Or? Um we'll probably do the individual battle rules for free. Yeah. Because they're you know, they're 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 a templated approach. Um we might charge for the the process, you know, because what we've got to do is put a pack together with all the templates and the process and the instructions on how to build these rules. Um, so we might charge a, a fee for that, but it won't be it won't be expensive. You know, I think probably five pounds at the most. That sounds fascinating. I don't think I've ever heard of, of that done before either, to be honest. So how, how long, how far along is the development of that? Um, well, that is probably uh, about 25% of the way through at the moment. So just putting together the process that I use to create the first set and then start, starting to say, right, well, if you want to expand it, this is what you have to do. And then using a series of templates so that you can actually fill in the templates with advice from the rules. And at the end of it, you should have a set of rules that you can use for a battle. That sounds absolutely incredible. I'm, I'm fascinated by that because, um, like you, I, I love the the idea of fighting a historical battle in an evening. Yeah. Um, but you're right that rules can sometimes be too generic, yeah. can't they? Yeah. So a civil war battle, if you give, um, if as you've said, if you give uh, a commander like Jackson mm. a rating, it shouldn't be the same rating throughout the war, no. should it? Or up no. until his death, then until no. you know, the night of Jackson. There were times when he was awful <laughs> yeah even though i'm a big supporter of his he was awful and who i mean almost every battle you fight you're fighting the iron brigade aren't you um and it and it gets to a point where you think there were other soldiers on this battlefield doing exactly the same thing and you know and they're not getting the you know everybody talks about the iron brigade and everybody talks about yeah. them and they were great but they weren't the whole story no no absolutely and uh yeah, I'm in complete agree. I mean, every every war games army has got a, a unit of mm. Louis, Louisiana <laughs> exactly, Tigers, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah. Fifth New York Zoars and yeah. uh, I'm brigade in it, but um, yeah, it's so much more mm. than that, isn't it? It's much better to, sorry, it's much better to do double days attack through the the cornfield with you know 
half of his brigade being green troops, you know, yes. and and they fought just the same as everybody else, you know. So, would you would you see then this um, this rules development pack being applicable across all periods? Or yeah, yeah. What we we're, we're trying to do is to say, you know, if you if you like ancients, you can use it for ancients. If you like, you know planes war you can use it for that if you want to do american civil war franco-prussian you can do it for that as well the process is the same and there's a little bit of work involved but you know at the end of the day you should be able to come up with a very tight set of rules that will give you a lot of fun and a lot of gaming within an hour to an hour and a half i would say you know and it can be you can have it as big as you want or you can have it as small as you want, because again, that base size gives you the flexibility to say, this is a company, this is a regiment, this is a brigade. You know, that's what we're trying to do. The English Civil War one is is quite challenging because you've got units that were brigaded together that were counted as regiments, or a you know, like a, would be a tercio, I suppose, in a in a mm. special army, wouldn't it? But you know, in the English Civil War, they used to have them as brigades and and regiments but they would form those brigades from a number of different regiments because they were all of different sizes. So, you know, it's, it's a challenge, but it, it should be easily sorted. So 25% along with those, what's, what sorts of time frame are you looking at uh, getting them available? Um, I'm hoping sort of middle of next year, which again is a challenge, but, you know, I like a challenge. And I say the Bunker Hill ones are ready to go other than play testing. So I'm pretty confident in their work. It's just some of the, when you design the, the special rules, it's when they come in and you have to, you know, you have to focus on what effect they're having on the game. And, you know, that'll all be part of the design. But I think play testing is really important. It doesn't have to be hugely extensive. You know, I see a lot of sets of rules out there say this has been tested over 10 years with 150 war gamers and all this you know and then you hit the rules and you think how did that happen why did you miss that we've all seen those haven't we yeah Yeah. we've all seen (laughs) so is 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 bunk hill something that we might see on the show i'm I'm hoping next year pete has asked me to come back and do another game so i might just we might bunk hill won't be as big as little bighorn but it will be interesting because it is that kind of ways of troops being thrown against fortifications so it's that we can probably get three players three players on each side so six players playing that um and that should work yeah. really well my 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 big thing is i've got to find some six millimeter ships to ah. to have in the bay to bombard mm-hmm. so where they were i can't i can't help you there actually, I'm just i know that. they exist i know they exist because i've seen them and i think i've written it down somewhere but i can't find the note <laughs> i should have left a note for for the where the note is yeah unless you do that sort of perspective thing and use like one twelve hundred. Or, or i tell you what i can use my um gurkha skills and retrace my <laughs> my my whereabouts <laughs> at the time no <laughs> right. yeah good luck with that mate good luck with that <laughs> Well, that, that, I mean, that's, that sounds great. I mean, AWI is, I think, all, for me, all of American history from AWI through um, to Vietnam really has been my passion. Um, so I'll, I'll look forward to seeing that most certainly. Yeah, so um, you've you've been really busy then, uh, by the sounds of it. Have you started painting any AWI? Uh, not not at the moment. Um, I've got to get my, my troops lined up for this one again, but we'll see. Yeah. 
Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is I've got I've got the battlefield. I need to get the buildings for Charleston, and I need to get I need to think about these ships because um, they definitely were there, and <laughs> everybody forgets them, um, and they were bombarding the neck and the fortifications. So I'm not not particularly well, but you know they were still there. So that's my next big challenge. It's a point of interest as well, isn't it? Because right, I can't think I've seen I've seen several demos of Bunker Hill. I've played um, Bunker Hill, but I don't think I've ever seen the naval aspect, same table. So that'll be good. So I think that's important, but I'll just, I'll, I'll definitely find my note. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, anything on your painting table at the moment then, Peter? Um, I'm doing, I'm mucking around with some tanks. Um, I, do, I bought the two Fat Lardies uh, game a while back. And I thought I'd do that, and I've done it in a large scale, and I'm going to use me Callistra boards and buildings and stuff, so I will be doing that. So that's my next job, is to paint those um, in their relative colours. <laughs> what what scale are we talking? Um, I think it's 15 mil, which is unusual for me. 15 mil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we're going to sort of try and do it as a play, you know, uh, just a, a garden game for the people that helped with um, uh, thingy. I, I suppose the thing about it is it's like people younger people are forgetting aren't they sorry just wandering off at a complete tangent there i was listening I to tangent. um al murray and he was saying about the escape from cold it's game which was a big yes. thing when i was young and yeah, me too. they've just brought out a new version which i've got downstairs and it's got uh escape from cold it's a world war Two game <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't know that and of course you think well probably my it son my 19 year old son knows nothing about colditz oh my goodness yeah so i'm the youth of- yeah the youth of today yeah so i'm yeah. going to do that as a garden game and just have a game in the afternoon and a barbecue in the evening and a few beers well, they'll in- they'll enjoy that just out of interest the um the the willing helpers that you mm. uh conscripted into uh, assist you with this yeah. game have, have any of those sort of shown any long lasting interest in in wargaming or um, probably not but the thing is they're interested when i do it so that's where i need them to be <laughs> i just need them to be there when i need not them cellar, are they? they aren't locked in your cellar. <laughs> not yet <laughs> given bread and water yeah. and said you need to me 50 uh, 50 brigades of uh, awr <laughs> well it's, it's really i do find that fascinating because uh, the the sort of social circle i mix and get it's it's completely alien what i do uh to everybody i talk about it incessantly but uh, i think they just sort of pat me on the head yeah. and say yes yes sure oh that's really <laughs> interesting yeah i've got a friend <laughs> with that i've got a friend who does that yeah it's me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's an interesting one, mm-hmm. isn't it? That uh, we're still in this situation where uh, I'm not saying that it's not accepted, but uh, it's uh, I don't think it's as, it's still not understood, no. is it? Because it's still seen as playing with toy yeah. soldiers. They refer it to if if I come up to, up to my office, my my daughter and my wife and her friends will say, "Oh, Sean's with his little men in his office." Which <laughs> great issues when my daughter goes to school yeah, and says, yeah, "Please what, don't tell anyone." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, I don't know how we I don't know how we get away from that, which is why I'm interested mm. that you've 
now to recruit these non-gamers yeah. into helping. Yeah, they they have found it really interesting, and they like the wine <laughs> and beer, and uh, they like. I mean, when we went to Sheffield, I took them up the day before and we went out you know we stayed overnight and had a meal out and they like all that part of it so we don't we don't yeah. not do that but this is the bit where they quite i think they quite enjoy talking to people as well right. and i think if they had the time they probably would do it but again it's one of those things where they just they just really like it when we do it you know and a, and in the winter on a monday evening what else is there to do exactly yeah Exactly. Yeah, there's no Love Island. No, no Love Island. Island. All the nice dramas are finished, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. I might, I might try this. I might, I might, I might give it a go amongst my circle of friends and, and see what response I get. On uh, if uh, if suddenly uh, they've all defriended me, I'll come back to you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, ask me. It didn't go well. <laughs> right. Well, thanks very much for hey, your time, no Peter. Problem. It's been great talking to you. Um, I really look forward to seeing uh, the AWR game and this uh, rules development package. I'm fascinated by that. That's, as I say, it sounds like something completely unique that um, uh, I think we're in need of. Um, I, for one, will be watching the development of it uh, with with interest. So we think probably middle of next yeah, year. Yeah, middle of next year, probably. I mean, I've, I'm. I've got it. I've got it mapped out in my head, and I've got all the the sort of the charts that I've, you know, the flow charts, templates I need. I just need to start hanging it together with the text, you know. And and I'll if you watch the rest of ne- over the next ten days, I'll be putting out a number of tweets about different things. But I will be the Cropperdy Bridge. I'm going to put out tomorrow, and then hopefully um, over the weekend, I'll put out the. Uh, the one about the rules development so you can read a bit about it um and i'll put i've got an article that i've written in line with these facebook so you'll see a fuller story of of what we're trying to do excellent i'll look forward to that i'll get a link into the show notes as well one thing that i just want to touch on very very quickly and i do apologize i've forgotten to talk about war games oh, that's all right <laughs> i've had a, I've had a um, great chat sean thank you we should do this more often and then I know that you've uh, appeared on the the Meeple's mm. uh, podcast uh, last year. Yeah, yeah, about eighteen there. months ago, I think. Yeah, you, know, you talked at length about it. But how how did you get into that? Just just very um, briefly. We were at the Newbury show, um, uh, about probably three or four years ago now, and I was uh, the guys were looking at different games, and I was walking around. I saw this fantastic Ancients game, hundreds and hundreds of figures. And I just stood there uh, having chatted to him and said, wow, how much did that cost you? And he just went, I have no idea. And I went, oh, oh, okay. He said, but I've got a set of rules you can buy. And I said, all right, I might come back a bit later. But, you you know, so you don't know how much it's cost you to put this on, you know, painting soldiers, buying them, basing them, your time and whatever. And he said, no, I haven't got a clue. So we sat down and had a drink. And Dave said to me, this is something we should do. Um, we should do something that lets people know how much their collections are actually worth. And I just thought, that's a great idea. You know, so we kind of went away and did our usual marketing thing, mocked up a few bits and pieces and um, just went away and built the site so people can log in, register, they can put their collections on and it will tell them how much it would cost to replace, you know. Um, 
And the other thing we found out is that insurers won't pay you unless you've got an inventory of all the stuff to include on the insurance. So if my loft went up tomorrow, I, you know, that that's it. I'd probably get 500 quid for that. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's, that's what we said, you know, we've said, well, you know, maybe we should try and at least get people to cut, you know, if you get a bike that's worth a, 700 quid that immediately goes on your insurance doesn't it but for some people your collection that's worth several thousand pounds just sits in your loft or your car and that and it's not even thought about so that's that was the genesis of of war game collection calculator and then we started to start thinking well what we've got to do is is actually put stuff around this so we've got an events diary on the system which tells you about all the shows and that that are coming up i think there's about a couple of thousand entries on that we've got a a directory of all the traders and suppliers and points of interest and you know to the war gamer so we've got that on there um we've developed a club uh group access so if there's two of you you can join a group access and then you can you can view each other's collections um and you can print all those out and use them as you know lists for your games um yeah lots of stuff we've done quite a bit of work on it um since it was on meeples we've done loads of work on that some ideas from them um and then we did we've just added the come and play with us so that will cover all the different bits and pieces and rules as, as we go forward so yeah and it's all free <laughs> it's a real uh useful resource isn't it i've i've uh been on it numerous times in the past just to check out what's going on there one thing i've not done is to input my kind of well input my collection uh, mainly for fear that my wife uses this computer. yes um, um, yeah yeah what's the password for this note <laughs> maybe maybe you could have a filter that's or some sort of firewall yeah. that can't be accepted yeah. hyper security <laughs> Hyper security. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I, it, but joking aside, yeah, I'll put a link up uh, to War Games Collection Calculator in the show notes as well. It is a fabulous resource, and uh, I do encourage any uh, listener to uh, check it out and uh, see what their collection's worth because they're probably going to be surprised. Yeah, definitely. There's one guy on there. His collection's worth thirty-five thousand pounds. It's you just oh, think, whoa, <laughs> that's beyond me. Yeah. If that goes up in yeah, flames, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want a 500 quid no, return from the no. insurance. Oh, my goodness. Right. Well, uh, thanks again, uh, then, Peter, for taking the time uh, to speak to us on God's Own Scale. It's been a real pleasure uh, to get that insight into the Big Horn game and uh, your background and mm. uh, in the hobby. So I hope you've uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. It's been um, brilliant. Chat. Don't often get to yeah. chat people of like minds, do we? You know, you do yeah, down your club, yeah. but I'm a bit isolated at the moment. So it's been really lovely talking to you. Thank you. Uh, mate, if ever you, you want to come on again, if you've got, in fact, perhaps when um, uh, when the War Games, uh, yes. the rules development yeah. thing, a bit further, you could come mm. on and. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll send you a copy, see what you think. <laughs> and then you can say, well, actually, it's not worth you coming on, Pete. <laughs> if you don't hear from me. Yeah. 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 It was clear by his absence. <laughs> there you go. 
but I, I hope to catch up with you at, uh, at Warfare yeah, yeah. in uh, in Red because um, I, I this is joking mm. aside. I'll be the first in the queue uh, to, uh, to get a game because I, I I really like the look of it. And uh, again, congratulations on the award and and pulling the whole thing together. Thanks very much, Sean. No worries, mate. So uh, I'll say a good night and uh, see you on the other side. I'll see you. See you in November. And welcome back to the studio. So thank you to Peter Riley for that interview. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, a real good insight there into uh, Peter's uh, designing of the big horn game and how exciting is this uh, all games rule development package that he's putting together. I can't wait to see that. I do apologize. Uh, the quality of my audio wasn't particularly great. I am investing very soon in a much better uh, headset uh, and microphone so hopefully that will address those issues and I do hope that it doesn't spoil your enjoyment of the podcast too much. Uh, if you wish to get in touch with me I'm uh, on Twitter uh, at God's Own Scale or my email is God's Own Scale at gmail.com. Feel free to contact me uh, with words of advice or or any further feedback. I will be at Partizan, hopefully, as I've said earlier, with um, either a T-shirt or, or just a badge, uh, identifying myself as from God's Own Scale podcast. But anyway, um, until the next episode, thank you for listening. I'll sign off now and say, keep talking about six. Private pension.
big sword. He was the president uh, of war. Tilt a hand with the gun, called his pig dog for fun, then fairly punched him on the door. Right across the barbed wire fence, the German dropped in a dear, oh dear. All the wire gave away and Paddy yelled, hooray, as he ran for the Dutch frontier. Goodbye, goodbye, wife a dear, baby dear, from your eye. Though it's hard to pass, I know, I know, I'll be Let's go, don't cry, don't cry. There's a silver lining in the sky. Oh, 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 oh,